So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. A super warm welcome. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours Show, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin. I am on a complete mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference, make an impact, and navigate the messy middle, the world of startup, relaunch, pivots, reinventions, to truly create the impact that they want to see in the world. And today we're going to be digging deep with one of our amazing guests so that you get the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. All of us are on a unique roadmap as we navigate the world of business. And today is our guest, Rian Janib. A very warm welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you here today. So give us a little bit of context. So you are a business-loving oat milk drinking, book nerd, I love that, mom of three running a six-figure small business from her home. She's got a background in psychology, personal training and nutrition, and she's built Powerhouse Wellness to educate women on holistic health, wellness, and fitness with a disruptive mindset shifts at the forefront for long-term lasting change. I got to tell you, that's all kinds of awesome thoughts. Love having you here on the program. And I want to start off today by talking about, did you imagine you would be an entrepreneur or what inspired you to take the leap into the path of building your own business? I would say from childhood, I always knew I would be running my own businesses, Um, not just one, but I knew I would be doing multiple. I... The, my first business was probably around eight and that was getting rocks and coloring them gold and then learning the skill of sales through my neighborhood. And my next one was working at a menswear shop um, of my stepdad's and selling Hugo Boss and Calvin Klein suits when I was 12. So I always knew that I would be running something of my own and quite young, um, because I was traveling quite frequently with my mum, I would often look at people in holiday destinations and see them working on their computer by the pool or um, at the bar, you know, they, I would see how they would run their day. And I would always question the psychology behind that. Like, what are they doing here? How did they get here? What business do they run and how is their lifestyle so different to what I see back at home in Australia? So I was always a very inquisitive kid and I knew very early on that I wanted to not trade my time for a service and build something with impact. I absolutely love that. You know, I think this is an interesting one and I love that you date back your early stuff to, you know, coloring on the rocks at eight because... So many times we see people who say, you know, I never, I never, I think the first business is the one where you, you know, you, know, you incorporate. <laughs> and that's not always the case. I said, you know, you actually learn skills as business owners when you're young. So whether it's a hobby like rock painting or working in your dad's shop, it is also things like babysitting. It is about, you know, putting yourself out there as in I am here to serve or offer products that you need. And I love that that spark was really lit from a young age. I think you and I are like soul sisters because I also had that same drive. I knew from a young age that I would build something. And I always viewed my corporate time as the training ground for something that would come next. 
And so I'm curious when you start to make that leap and you're going, yeah, no, I always knew I would do something and something on a big scale. I like the fact that you were dreaming big about multiple businesses. Did you think the one you have now or is the one you had now where you started in that formal capacity? I'm going to say is, you know, not just a childhood dream, but a, nope, this is it. I'm stepping boldly to the table to say, this is it. Was this your first business or did it evolve like dominoes that fall? I would say dominoes that fall. This particular business, Powerhouse Wellness, uh, was literally landed in my lap. Um, my first business was when I was 18. I was still in uh, university and I knew that I couldn't just do a part-time job. I started doing some promotional modeling and things like that and then recognized very quickly people kept asking me if I knew people that were like me with my style of work ethic. And then I realized, hang on, there's more money to be made in management and building a team and and leading events and the production side than actually being the face of. So back then I had started a modeling agency, which turned into an event management company. And because I had a love for fitness, I also branched off and had a fitness brand that was paired in all of that. So my first business was quite early. Um, The one that I'm in at the moment, I would say is a very nice roundup of all of my previous businesses, experiences, qualifications. Um, Making the protein balls was literally just something from home. Um, Then I got asked if I could make some for a friend. And then I thought I could monetize on this. And I quickly realized because of the way I had formulated the recipe that there was a unique point of difference to it. And because I had a, an experience previously in sales and the fitness industry and um, sort of just understanding how to build a community, it just blew up very quickly, quicker than I was able to supply. Mm-hmm. I would say my challenges started arising because I didn't have the team to be able to initially to be able to supply the demand that was coming through. So that is my that that is the on uh, the physical aspect of the business. But because what happened during that time was I was personally wearing every hat. I was the technician in my business. I was on the tools. I was delivering. I was doing every aspect. But this allowed me to really engage with my customers and my target market so I could build a relationship that I fostered online. That then turned into people asking me, how can I have some more time with you? Or can I book in a call with you because we connected on a different level other than just a product? So in that time, That's where the coaching side of things came in. And I was like, oh, this is, this is actually another service that's in demand. So coaching is purely online. um, And it is, it has started through word of mouth and through um, because of the protein balls that we make. 
but then organically I needed to learn how to um, grow that and scale that on an online perspective. So that has been interesting. Yeah, I think there's always this interesting story. And, and because I work with a lot of emerging entrepreneurs in my, in my own business, I always find that there there is two things. I, you know, it's, a, it's an assessment of how much business can I manage doing what I do today with all the hats that I wear. And there's a tipping point. And everyone has a different one based on their model, based on on their you know, visibility strategy, based on, um, you know, all the right momentum moving in the right direction. And yet there's a key thing, and I want to linger on this for the audience because this is such a big light bulb. And I, and I think if you haven't experienced it, it's a gift that we can share and that you can really bring to the table here is there's a recognition that I started to see more opportunities because I was directly having conversations with my target market. And so often we can hide behind our screens or get caught and maybe dragged back into the business and suddenly we go out of sync. And that can spell recipe for disaster in any business, whether you're making protein balls or whether you are building a coaching business. I'd love to know what was that moment, whether it was a moment of impact or a moment of recognition of, I need to shift out of the business to see a wider landscape. Take us through the journey of what that looked like for you and what the lesson was that you learned from it. And was it smooth sailing? So being a mom, we automatically multitask, but then you, you're, you tend to want to be an overachiever and do it all and get it all right and have your finger in every pie and also that level of controlling things. So um, after running quite a few different businesses over the years, I'm very aware that one, you can't do everything on your own. Two, learn to love the problems that arise. Like don't try and avoid them, allow them to come in and literally gamify it like make it a game to find solutions rather than look at it as a stress point um and then probably three I learned that I have to be working on my business and build myself out of the business because um when you're working in it and being that technician it it does drain you and this is where most of the stress comes up I would, I've noticed where you, you start to doubt yourself or you feel like you're not capable or you can't keep running at that level of adrenaline um, because you burn yourself out ultimately. So um, I would say the sooner you work out how to build yourself out, make it scalable but sustainable and keep it lean at the same time, and, and just getting really creative in, in the way that you do things. That's why I say I do a lot of disruptive mindset shifts because even the way I approach my business, I don't follow a rule book. I don't go by the norm. I'm always looking outside of the box of how can I make this better and more efficient and systemize it because obviously when we systemize things, we can drive up the value and pull yourself out of it because you can unteach that. So I'm always looking for ways to make everything a little bit more efficient, tighter, neater. That's not my strength, 
but I've learned that it's definitely um, a key point to bring yourself so you can look at things from a wider scope as a leader and an entrepreneur rather than as your technician or a, or a manager. Yeah, there's a there's a great book that talks a lot about, you know, the, it's called the E-Myth and it talks a lot about, you know, are you, are you building, you know, are you buying a job? Because that's certainly a conversation I have with a lot of my clients is, is the goal here to buy yourself a job or is the goal here to build a business? And equal to that journey, it is really clear and I love the vision that you have here because it is about what is the lifestyle you want. And you've got to work backwards for it. It's the same way that I always say to entrepreneurs, you must think sales first and work yourself background. You know, if this is not meant to be a hobby, you've got to have consistent, scalable, profitable sales. And so you've got to start with the end in mind. And I'm curious, as you ride the roller coaster of emotions of adding in additional product lines or adding in additional clients or working across multiple time zones, you know, how do you make time or what is the discipline habit that you have found work to do that? Because it is so easy to run on the wheels and then realize we're off track. But you sound like you have some systems or some ways that you course correct or at least do some intentional reflection to keep the vision crystal clear. Is that fair? And what if so, what is the magic for you? I would say yes. Yes. I would definitely say having my morning routine and not deviating from that. Wherever I'm traveling in the world, I roll out the same routine. Um, so my morning routine literally is that habit stack that trickles on to switch my mind on first thing in the morning. I get all my hardest tasks done in the morning, but this is based on my chronotype. So I know everything sort of comes back to self. So the more you know about yourself, the better you can structure your day, I would say, um, because what works for me isn't going to work for you, for example. So it's about the more you know yourself and your focus hours and um, what distracts you and how to limit those distractions at different times. But the, the key things that I've recognized, I'm not going to just say it's discipline because we all have high days, low days, emotionally fluctuating, but I would say consistency in the routine and having small wins that builds your confidence. I totally love that. Confidence is a learnable skill. So instead of saying to myself, for example, I'll do 50 calls today, I will make it into something smaller that is digestible for me and knowing like, for example, let's say 10 instead of 50. Yes, I know time allows me to do 50 or even 100, but automatically your, um, your nervous system plays against you when you make the task bigger than it needs to be. Whereas if I bring it down, it could even be five for a person. If I bring it down to five, I know I've done that five, then that five gives me the confidence to do five again the next day without hesitation. So those smaller wins every day, I believe, stack on and compound so that you can stay on track. Okay, so now pop quiz. Tell me what has been your win so far today or a win so far today. 
My win so far has been understanding the value that I bring to the people I work with and not undervaluing that and knowing how to convert that into a monetary form without guilt, shame, feeling like I'm salesy. Um, The psychology behind earning and the value that you give has been a massive win for me. So talk to me a little bit about that value. What do you perceive the value that your clients seek you out for? Let's talk about you know that client piece for you and your business. What is that value? Well, for example, with the protein balls, I used to just, I had a lot of ego surrounding it. I used to say, I, I heard somebody say, oh, that's the girl that makes the protein balls. And from an ego perspective, it ate at me because I'm, I, my identity, I was like, I'm so much more than that. I'm so much more. But then when I looked at why that triggered me, I recognized, hang on, it actually has nothing to do with the protein ball. I'm building a business that is making impact. And when I started recognizing that the product itself is a vehicle to connect with others It is a vehicle to make someone else's life easier. It is a vehicle of of something that they consume that makes them feel better. I realized, hang on, I can, once I learned the skills of growing a business and that business giving me lifestyle freedom, I recognized it doesn't matter what the product is because it's the self-development that comes out of building any business and that value is priceless. It's interesting, you know, when people put casts against your value, it's a really interesting one. Um, I know I've, I've been where, where you, you know, you tell that story and saying, you know, am I that person? Sometimes it takes, you know, you use the word trigger, but sometimes it takes a moment of, oh, I don't know, like, does that fit comfortably as a style or the wardrobe? And I remember once when I was introduced by someone else in a very public setting, um, they made a very bold declaration of, of, of my style. And at the time I was like, I, I think, I don't know if I'm either that bold, that brave, that fearful. I didn't, you know, it was such an interesting reflection, but I did have to take that time away to reflect and go, is that true? Does it serve me? Does it allow me to open the door to serve others and to step into that? And that also comes back to self-leadership. You know, you strike me as a very self-aware person. And, and I'm wondering, you know, when, when you have your moments of doubt, what do they focus around? What, what, what is the moment you are still working through? My, my main doubt points are usually external when I when I focus too much on the external world and play a comparison game. That's probably my biggest um, my biggest one which I've had to tackle. But when I put my blinders on and I go back internal, which is as soon as I notice any feeling of comparison, I know I need to 
reflect inward, which is whether it's journaling, whether it's more stillness time. My life is very yang. Um, I, I'm very masculine, masculine energy driven. So that's your to-do list, your, your strength training, your, um, just mic- micromanaging life and business is a very masculine energy, um, concept. So when I'm focusing outside, I realize I need to bring more yin into my world. So whether it's more breath work, meditation, um, I do a lot of like cold water therapy. So that sort of stuff or a bit of yoga, mobility, stretching, dancing, just tapping back into my feminine and and allowing myself to just embrace me, that is when I can block out the external world and I don't doubt myself. The more I focus on me, the more that actually drives my confidence up again. Yeah, I had this fascinating conversation with a peer of mine in my network who who talked to, who is about fear. Uh, That's her whole thing. She is determined to really bust that and bring in new world consciousness that is what she she she's so focused around and we talked about the fear the fear of comparison and it's not a fear of you know a yardstick it's sometimes the fear of potential and when you when you stop saying i'm not fearful of 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 where my limits are sometimes it's i'm fearful of the potential and if i'm gonna get realigned to there's nothing to fear about the potential you must go within See, I believe I've got a lot of potential, untapped potential. My fear point is more judgment. More judgment of people that don't even matter, which is crazy, but it is more the perception of others that hold me back from my true potential. That is the point that I work on most frequently. Yeah, you know that's that's interesting. Talk to me a little bit about this this judgment piece. When you hear the words of judgment, is it your own voice? I'm curious in your head. It's never my own voice because my own voice always tells me you've got this, you can do this. It's and when I close my eyes, the vision I have of my life, I I see it, I can feel it, see it, taste it. And then it's usually the perception of those around me, usually people I know, mm-hmm. of the, the chatter that I think they are going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sometimes is, is the thing that keeps me still. So I like to move silently and then just rather than discuss, um, especially if there's, a, a, especially with people that I know don't understand my vision. So I'm in a lot of networking groups and um, different environments. I literally pay to be there because I feel like I belong there. And that judgment is out the door. When I say something, it is their norm. And that makes me um, confident to take those steps forward, which is what I would say the network, it goes back to that concept of you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So I've made very conscious effort of what I'm listening to, who I'm discussing my ideas with, and the circles that I mix with purely because of that. Yeah, I love that. This is a great conversation I had in a workshop I ran last week. Uh, it was about networking and being more effective in your networking because networking, guys, if let's just be clear, it is not leading to meetings that lead to revenue opportunities, whether that's collaboration, potential clients, or referrals. Something is off with your game. 
okay, continuing to do that is where it's not leading you forward is broken. And I always say, get off the crazy train. But part of the conversation we really talked about is you've got to be in the right room to really accelerate your business. And I know you've got big vision and you want to make more impact. It is about being in the room that makes you a little uncomfortable, not the room where you say, I've arrived and I'm the smartest person in the room because it will influence the acceleration of your vision. And yes. so I want to talk to you about, you know, in the next 12 months of your business, what are the big goals? What are the big, you know, you can say many wins if you want, but also like, I want to see like catapult me into mid 2023. What does it look like? I definitely want to start producing online products, um, digital products, courses. I want to speak from stage and sell from stage. Um, I, I want to be able to have the opportunity to go speak internationally about the topics that I specialize in. Um, that's, that is out of my comfort zone, but I also know it is my potential and I know it's a, a skill that can be learned, but it's definitely something I see myself doing and have thought about it for a very long time, but I think this is the year that it will actually come to fruition. Okay. And let me just um, be, be the coach on the table here. Um, what has held you back from going for it so far? Mindset stage of life as in young families so feeling uh the need to be physically present in in my children's lives rather than on and off all the time um when I say on and off as in I I have made the conscious choice to be a stay-at-home mum as they were growing up so that's what I mean by on and off as in working full-time or or traveling full-time so now they're they're all a lot older they're able to understand what I'm doing where I'm going how long for so that mum guilt has probably um eased and now they can see the impact I make and the fact that it fulfills me and when I'm happy I'm such a different person at home so um I would say mindset and stage of life were probably the factors as opposed to not like fearing the process. I love I love your honesty for that. So I want to just give you some props for that because you know as someone who who's been who also has children my and are now older, um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of our listeners will relate to that I am I am cognizant of how my actions impact other people. And yet I still have my vision and I need to hold my vision because nobody else was asked to carry it for me. And yet there is a moment when you decide that the you know the spark of the movement and, and I, as someone who, who, who speaks a lot and, and grows her business to three very specific organic strategies that create massive ripples, it's exciting the journey that you're about to embark upon. And so I want you to vision cast with me, how will your life be different when you are speaking on stages, getting your word out in a bigger way through digital products, potentially through books? Tell me what success looks like when that is live, living, breathing, tasting, feeling, just vision cast for me what that looks like. Well, at the end of the day, as a human, we all want to be seen, heard, understood, appreciated, right? So to be able to do it on a grander scale, therefore makes you feel a sense of leaving your mark 
here. Even if it's one statement that you say, if that changes somebody's perspective, therefore changes their behavior, it will, it, it literally change the, changes the trajectory of somebody else's life. And imagine having that sort of ripple effect. It's not necessarily, um, and I love doing that. For example, I'll go to the coffee shop and I can see that the barista, she's, she's having a hard time. And I said to her the other day, I said, go in the bathroom and just take a deep breath. And then um, this morning when I went and got my coffee, she just sat in front of me and just cried and released and just said, thank you so much for the other day. And just, I guess it's that point of if you grow you inspire others to grow. If I am able to deliver a message and that educates somebody, then I feel like I'm empowering them indirectly. And therefore they will then, like majority of the people I work with are women and women, a lot of them become a nurturer, caretaker, potentially have children. And then that changes generations to come. So I I think very broad. I, I don't think I've got a single narrow foot uh, focus with this vision cast. I think it's a very broad one. Well, I, I always, I always think of it. This is, this is my analogy because that's exactly what lights me up. That's why I do what I do, and it is about dropping the water, getting off, being the yeah. catalyst of the first drop. So you know, you will touch lives in ways you never imagine, especially if you come onto the digital space, because you don't always know when a seed gets planted when it sprouts and waters. And you show up first in self-leadership, which is what I think you've got in spades, and and then say, here's a path to follow. Have courage, my friend. I will reach back and take you on the journey. So I am super excited to have connected with you and to learn more about what you've got going on, both with your business in the protein balls, but really excited about the lives you will touch in taking a holistic view and shaping and coaching and, and truly also stepping into your next domino because what will ripple for you, amazing things will happen. And I'm so excited. I want to first off say thank you for joining us today. Um, guys, please give a huge virtual round of applause for our guests today. This is how we're going to wrap up another awesome episode of Evolvepreneur After Hours. But before you guys go, make sure if you like this episode that you gave us a five-star review because fans are appreciated. And also consider recommending a friend or two to the show. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes at Evolvepreneur app. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. This is your host, Christine Calarapin. We'll catch you guys on the next episode.